If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour two of the nightcap. Sean King, Tim Murray. How are Knights doing? Uh, down 2-1 after the first period, so hopefully they'll get some things ironed out. Come, come on, Knights. And, and play like we know they're capable of here in the second and third. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. What's not ridiculous is the coverage that this gentleman gives you on the NFL draft over at Fantasy Pros. He is the director of content there, and he's joined our show a handful of times. We always appreciate his insight. It is Matt Freeman at Matt F. The Oracle on Twitter. And, uh, Matt, let's jump into, uh, I think, a bet that you made today. And we saw a very impressive performance from Derek Stingley, the corner from LSU. His over-under, I believe, at DraftKings still sits at 12.5, juiced pretty heavily to the under. Last check, I saw minus 135. Uh, what did you uh, make of Derek Stingley's performance? And uh, what about that draft position at 12 and a half? Yeah, so he looked great in his pro day today. And, uh, you know, I think shades of what we saw in his true freshman season at LSU, when he looked like one of the premier shutdown cornerbacks in all of football and a top tier prospect, he, you know, I wouldn't say he underperformed in his second and third years in college, but he battled injuries. And I think people kind of forgot the caliber of prospect that he was. And then, you know, he was injured uh, exiting the season. He wasn't able to train as much as he probably would have wanted to for his pro day. And then he still went out there and looked like a fantastic physical specimen. I think reminded people of really how dominant he could be. Now, I still think Ahmad Gardner is going to be the number one cornerback taken probably in the top 10, but Derek Stingley, I think really closed the gap. And you have at number 12, the Minnesota Vikings who desperately need cornerback help. I mean, their number one cornerback is Patrick Peterson. And it feels like that guy's 38 uh, and he's just on a one-year contract and they don't really have another starting cornerback after him. It's not to say that they are a lock to take a cornerback, but there's a strong possibility they take one. So 12 looks like a pretty reasonable worst case scenario for Derek Stingley in this draft. Just given the movement that we saw in the market today, it looked like a really nice bet to get him at 12 and a half. Matt, right quickly, how common is the Liz Frank injury? Because if I'm not mistaken, that's what his injury was. How common is that, especially at that position currently in the NFL? 
you know, I, I will say, give the general disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's not uncommon. Um, and, and generally it, it does, uh, take some guys, uh, some time to recover from it. And I think that's really what impacted a lot of, uh, the on-field work we were able to see from Derek Stingley in his final season at LSU. Now it seems like he is recovered, but I even remember Julio Jones back in the day had the Liz Frank injury. And it seemed like that was something that's, <laughs> that stuck with him for a while throughout his career. And, you know, if guys have issues with their foot, it seems like that's something that can maybe radiate to other areas of their body where they have to overcompensate and then they end up having knee injuries or things like that. So it's not incredibly common, but uh, it is something that people should take note of. We're talking once again to Matt Freeman at Matt F. The Oracle on Twitter. The wide receiver position. Um, I'm looking at DraftKings at this very moment, Matt, and uh, you've got co-favorites. Drake London, plus 125. Garrett Wilson, plus 125. Uh, from your uh, studying and breakdown so far, is there an edge one way or the other on either one of those receivers? At that price, is any either one of those worth a play? I don't. I don't think so, man. It, it really is a coin flip. I yeah. think it's it's very close that it will be one of those two. But I will also say, if I had to bet on someone right now, it might be Jamison Williams uh, because he. I think honestly, without the ACL injury. He would have been my number one wide receiver in the class. I still think long-term he might have the most upside. It's just, you're not going to get in all probability because of when he suffered that injury in the national championship game, you're not going to get that first year boost from him that you would maybe hope to get out of a player you draft in round one, but you can get him at some books at 10 to one. I think there's some value there. Uh, but you know, between, uh, between Garrett Wilson, between Drake London, it really is a coin flip. And I think you see that reflected in the market and also the mock drafts that are created by different, uh, different sharp analysts out there. They're basically saying it's, it's a coin flip between those guys. You know, Matthew, why is Purdue wide receiver David Bell not getting more buzz? I mean, the year he had, it was not a outlier he's had multiple thousand yard seasons at Purdue it's not an offense where he's surrounded by elite talent you know he's the focal point gets the best corner the coverage goes to his side and he just continued to produce you know game after game after game what are you hearing about David Bell and why isn't he mentioned in some of these conversations when people talk about first round wide receivers yeah he's a really intriguing player I love watching him play you know, he, he plays nasty once he has the ball in his hands, but I think it's a little bit like a, an Anquan Bolden type of situation where he plays with such physicality, great production in college, but he doesn't have the speed, the straight line speed that a lot of these other wide receivers have. Uh, and he, I think is kind of pigeonholed because of that as a, a slot only type of receiver, instead of a guy who can maybe move across the formation and win in a variety of ways. And because the strength of this class, or one of the strengths of this class is at the wide receiver position, you have multiple guys who showed great size speed combination in uh, their pre-draft workouts. You didn't see that from David Bell. I think because of that, he gets knocked down a little bit relative to the other wide receivers in this class. But he could be one of those guys that goes, you know, in the middle or even uh, later half of day two who ends up surprising. You know, it's interesting because I remember so many people said the same thing about Debo Samuel when he came out of South Carolina. And that was kind of was a consensus, not quite fast enough. And, you know, he just was a real football player. Another guy that's intriguing at the wide receiver position who I thought – 
may have had a chance, you know, Matthew, to be the number one receiver, but he missed almost the entire season of injury is Georgia wide receiver George Pickens. What are you hearing about George and where he's at getting back to where he was before the injury? Man, that guy was fantastic in his true freshman season. I mean, he, he looked like an alpha dominator that first year and then battled injuries uh, after that. So there are the questions about, you know, can he stay healthy? Even if he gets healthy, will he be back to the full level of athleticism that he had? But he looked great at the combine. I mean, big, fast. I'm saying he's, I think he is the most uh, kind of volatile uh, wide receiver we have in this class in terms of ranges of outcomes. He might be a guy who's drafted and does absolutely nothing, or he might be a guy who turns into sort of like the peak version of Josh Gordon with his playmaking ability. So uh, I don't think he's going to go in round one. If he does, I think it will be barely sneaking into, uh, you know, pick 30, 31, 32 of round one. I think he's likelier to go uh, in the middle of round two. But he has as much upside, pure upside, as some of the best wide receivers in this class. There's just a lot of unknown with him. You know, it's interesting. We've all, of course, we know Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, Matt. But who's going to be the third and fourth quarterback selected? And we've been hearing from different people that, you know, Desmond Ritter's gaining some steam. But, you know, Matt Corral is sitting there. Sam Howell, who, if we didn't play the 2021 college football season, a lot of people thought he was had a chance, you know, to be the number one pick overall. What are you hearing about the quarterbacks outside of Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I think it's those two guys that you mentioned at the top. I think it's Ritter or uh, Coral. Uh, what really intrigues me about Ritter is that, you know, he did have multiple seasons of, of top-tier production. Now, granted, it didn't come in a Power 5 conference, but he was able to help pull his team into the playoffs. I mean, there is some real talent there, and we saw at the Combine He's got the he's got the athleticism, right? Uh, running quarterbacks, it's not as if that's everything, but if a guy has rushing capability, it does give him an extra edge that your pocket-bound passers just don't have. Mm -hmm. And with his size and his speed, Ritter has that, and he's someone who is starting to climb up mock drafts, and there are whispers about him maybe going as high as the middle of round one. Matt Coral is interesting, you know, SEC production. He's got that kind of feisty streak to him, a pretty decent scrambler, but he's on the smaller side. I do have some concerns as to whether his body can actually take it. Mm -hmm. We're talking once again to Matt Freeman, uh, and your latest mock has Malik Willis going six. Um, Bruce Feldman had a mock. We had him on yesterday based off of people he's talked to in the league. He had Kenny Pickett going six. Uh, so it, it feels like six is the likely landing spot for that first quarterback uh, to come off the board. You've seen the odds shift a little bit uh, in favor of Kenny Pickett. You know, at DraftKings, it's gone from, I think, plus 175 down to plus 140 for Kenny Pickett to be the first quarterback selected, minus 200 to minus 170. So uh, what's your confidence level on Malik Willis being that first quarterback selected? I mean, I'm... If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Not at all confident. I think there's a strong chance, a very good chance. It is one of those two guys. And I will say early on, uh, you know, Malik Willis was plus 200. Uh, and we had plus 175 for Kenny Pickett. I have bets on both of those guys to be the number one quarterback. So I feel pretty confident in that. But uh, I give Malik Willis the edge by a hair. But I do think if he doesn't go in the first four or five picks, Pickett at that point maybe has a better chance to go to the Panthers. Yeah, it's interesting. The odds at DraftKings for him to go to Carolina Mm -hmm. uh, are are a little bit more in his favor. Hey, Matt, we have about 30 seconds. Kyle Hamilton over under eight and a half. It feels like he's dropping a little bit. Didn't run all that fast. Uh, What's your gut tell you on where Kyle Hamilton goes? I'll say over. He's a talented guy. He has some Derwin James type of capabilities, but he doesn't have quite the athleticism and the safety position just isn't prioritized the same way that other positions are. I think he goes over that number of eight and a half. Matt Freeman, great stuff stuff, as always at Matt F, the Oracle, and uh, make sure to check him out. Fantasy pros uh, there as well. Matt, great stuff, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great night. All right, right, we'll uh, continue a little NFL draft discussion and talk about that Derek Stingley performance. It's the nightcap. Learn more. Sports Betting Network. Hey, Pucks for Dallas, we need some goals here. Yes, we do, sir. Come on, Knights. I'd love to end this period up 3-2. That'd be nice. Yeah. We wouldn't be losing. But I guess we got to get it to 2-2 first, huh? <laughs> Vancouver Canucks right now. Optimism. Just down the road from where we sit, lead uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, who, by the way, now you still have 12 games remaining, but they're fighting for their playoff lives here, Sean. It don't look like it. They got to figure this thing out. Figure it out, Knights. Look like they have concert plans. Look, Come on. Right there in front of them. Shoot the puck. Right now, at this moment in time, the Vegas Golden Knights are a, a one point back of the Stars, but they have two games in hand. So they are. Uh, By the way, uh, from that Matthew Friedman interview. Yeah. Mark my words. Mm-hmm. David Bell's going to be a dude. That's in the your NFL. guy. I like David Bell a lot. Yeah, he's going to be a dude. I do, too. I, I like him a lot. And this is one of those draft classes where it's loaded at the wide receiver position. And, 
you know, someone's going to get him in the second round or I, I have, I'll be honest. I haven't looked past the first round where David Bell is likely projected. I would yeah. think he's a second round. I haven't pick. Gotten the Maybe second he's round a third. I'm not either. sure, but um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that dude, I mean, he was a game changer and you know, I say this a lot about teams and I think you would agree, you know, when it comes to him, you know, look at the performance he put on. Was it against Michigan state? Where he Michigan was, State, Iowa. I mean, you can go through I mean, all those games. He won that I mean, game. A lot of times, I felt like he was the best player on the field, regardless of position. So here's an interesting one. I mentioned Kyle Hamilton to close out, and that continues to trend to the over uh, based on the odds. It's over-unders 8.5 at DraftKings, mm -hmm. juiced minus 150 to the over. Uh, and uh, Bruce Feldman's mock draft yesterday, uh, and thanks again to Bruce for coming on the show, but I thought the coaching intel was uh, – was kind of eye-opening on Kyle Hamilton, the Notre Dame safety. He said, one coach said, he has above-average instincts, great length. We didn't think he was that fast or that he could cover a slot. Another said, people remember that interception against Florida State. He's long and rangy, but we didn't think he had, was a very good cover guy in space. He's fast and has all the measurables, but he had a hard time tackling our slot and covering our guys, I don't think we had to go away from him. When I heard top five pick, I get it because he has the measurables, but I didn't really see that. So pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I've heard he's a little stiff-hipped. That's what I heard from the guys. That so said. explain. To so that means he's not just one of those gifted, fluid athletes. Mm -hmm. Like he overcomes it sometimes because he has, you know, elite size for the position. Um but he's not like this transcendent athlete, mm. which when you're talking safety in first round, I think you're talking top 10, like that guy has to be transcendent, you know, you know something that's just Very different. few players have gone right. top five. I mean, it's like Sean Taylor. Yeah, so I, I don't think Kyle Hamilton is, is that type of player. He's still going to be a good player for you. Yeah. You know, I think he's going to be very um, attached to the type of scheme mm. where he ends up because there are some schemes where he's a Pro Bowl player. And there's some other schemes where you know, you're going to expose him in space, you know, to those guys that can change direction, start and start really fast. And, you know, he's not going to excel in those situations. So I think a lot of it will be about where he's drafted, especially for his early success. Yeah. And I think, you know, now, once again, you have to lay the juice. And, you know, as we get closer and closer to the draft, there's more intel coming out. I, I tend to think, and what Matt said, and, and kind of in Bruce's mock here, and I think Eric Eager pointed this out on Twitter, too, it feels more and more likely he's going over eight and a half. Yeah. And and no, and he's one of those players, Sean, that I, I want to say his odds opened up like five and a half, something like that. I mean, he was expected to be high, high pick. Still will go first round, but yeah, it certainly feels like his stock, not that it's plummeting, but he's not going to be in all likelihood a top yeah, 10 pick. I, yeah, plus I think between the O-linemen and the receivers, mm -hmm. it's a good thing you'll have multiple guys at both positions. So Derek Stingley just had a remarkable performance today at his pro day, and you could have got, and I while we were talking to Matt, and he tweeted out today, and it's a great play that he was able to lock it in, and earlier today you could have, was 12.5 over-under. It's down to 10.5 at DraftKings. Mm -hmm. um, and yesterday, Bruce Feldman had Derek Stingley going 9 in his, uh, you know, his uh, mock draft. And here you go, top 10, now minus 120 to go top 10. 
Uh, so you're seeing the shift in the odds there based off of this pro day. Uh, I don't know how much Derek Stingley you've gotten to watch. Obviously, he was banged up last year. I, well, here's, here's, here's why it's such a hard eval. His true freshman year of college, he looked amazing. like the best player in college football, right. regardless of position. Yeah. And he has not looked close to that player since. Mm-hmm. Granted, his sophomore year was the COVID year. He was banged up his, his third year, junior year, past year. But the film isn't the same. But at the end of the day, his high was so high. His good was so great. That's why he's still in the conversation for being a, a top half of the first round selection. Now, the Liz Frank injury that he's recovered from finally, I think he got it September, October, September. I think, of 21. Yep. Obviously, he's back from it because he ran sub 4-4-40 today. So, a lot of teams probably were just going to see, you know, is he healthy, you know, from a mentality standpoint, does he still look like the guy, the confident shutdown, lockdown corner that we saw in, in 19? Or, you know, does he look like a guy that, you know, that's lacking that confidence? And, you know, from everything I heard, he, he checked all the boxes today. So we'll see. I mean, it's just one of those deals, Tim. You could be getting your starter for the next decade who's going to go to multiple Pro Bowls, or you could be, you know, getting a guy trying to hide in coverage, you know, so – you know, that's how vast his film is. You would take Sauce Gardner over him, though. Would yes. You? Yeah. Yeah, because Sauce don't really have any bad film. I, well, and he's taller. Sauce doesn't he's have longer. Sauce doesn't have any film because no one threw the ball at him. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. I mean, even Alabama stayed oh, away from God. him. Oh, no. Vegas just gave up another goal. The, it's not what well, I'm trying to be team synergy way. here, trying yeah. to work with you and. It's a bad bet. It's a homer bet. I shouldn't even bet with Vegas. Stupid Vegas. I never want to go to the playoffs. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, by the way, just putting a bow on that. Uh, today, Derek Stingley, 437-444. Vertical lead of 38-5. That, according to LSU numbers, NFL teams in attendance recorded times between the mid-4-3s and the low-4-4s uh, in his first run. And we, once again, have seen a pretty significant shift in the odds today. Uh, for Derek Stingley, it was over under 12 and a half. That's earlier today. It's now 10 and a half. And as you see here, we show you the odds, him to go in the top 10, minus 120. So now a favorite uh, to go in the top 10 when it was 12 and a half uh, earlier this week. So those odds have shifted from plus 140 down to minus 120. Yeah. Um, and last year we saw two corners go in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, and J.C. Horn. And um, Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan. Uh, both went top 10. Carolina probably see two. and Denver. I could see Sauce and Stingley going top 10. And if you're a team like the Giants, they have two picks in the first round. You just need good football players. Right. And Sauce Gardner being one of those picks would make, make some sense there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I wouldn't – I certainly wouldn't be surprised in, in how, you know, much of a passing league this is uh, turned into. Uh, that This, you know, would, would make a lot of sense there. So – a uh, big, big performance today from Derek Stingley at his pro day. Uh, by the way, Sean's going to break down the offensive lineman at uh, 9 o'clock Pacific, midnight Eastern. Uh, we're going to get the, his thoughts on Iki Aquanu, on Evan Neal, uh, on, on some of the big-time prospects. And do we see them go 3-4, both top five in Evan Neal and Iki Aquanu? Um, Charles Cross, another guy that is a uh, – that people are high on. He could be a top 10 pick. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see the offensive linemen 
Uh, it felt like for a moment there uh, that one of these guys should go would go number one. That has mm-hmm. obviously shifted now with Aiden Hutchinson, the likely number one overall pick. So, um, yeah, curious to get your thoughts there uh, when it comes to the offensive linemen in uh, in the NFL. It's draft. Top heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty big, significant drop off. In my opinion, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, just uh, wrapping up and some thoughts on uh, on Derek Stingley, going back to uh, Bruce Feldman's piece. Uh, one coach said, the kid is uber talented. He's long as bleep. He wasn't physical, but there's no question he's talented. He's an impressive athlete. I think he moves better than the other cornerbacks. I've heard he's a good kid. Two-parent family. I've heard that as well. I thought he was a finesse corner, is another coach. He wasn't violent at the line of scrimmage, but he has great feet and is a real technician and has ball skills. His ball skills really set him apart. But you wonder, is the drive or fire there? He had a great freshman year, as you mentioned, Sean. I don't know what happened the past two years. He's got the ability to be really good. I just wonder if he's built for it. That was another coach talking about. It's Derek Stingley, who has now moved from plus 140 to minus 120 to go in the top 10. Stupid Knights. <laughs> Anox leading 3-1. to one. By the way, there is a whooping going on in Los Angeles. Yeah. And the Lakers aren't playing tonight. We'll tell you about that. And Fangraph's prediction of the AL East is, uh, well, something to see. We'll talk about that as well. It's the nightcap here on BC. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Draft your lineup to win cold hard cash, then chill. Play the fantasy baseball throwdown presented by Coors Light for free. Draft a winning lineup for your shot at a share of 5000 bucks in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light Rockies now to join the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment. 21 and over only terms and conditions. Other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King. Uh, Vancouver scored again. Again? Yep. Yeah, this is what I get for betting a hockey game. Hey, man. I thought, I thought, I shouldn't have thought anything. Yeah, we should have, we should have went with Vancouver. We should <laughs> obviously, obvious. We should have went reverse puck line like your guy Rico last night. No telling what we could have. Holy got. moly, four to one. Gee whiz, man. It's gonna be a quick, uh, gonna be an early uh, golf course is gonna be packed here in Vegas oh, uh, coming uh, end of this month. Yeah, I've been not seeing them out as busters. <laughs> should so you should have said Sean and they want Vegas, I really Vegas like the one five in a row coming into this game well two Canucks have lost four of their last five games and really are out of playoff contention two Vegas is life and death to get in the playoffs and they're losing to the Canucks at home and they led one nothing that was a long time ago chumps and the flames are up two nothing two nothing should have just played that on the puck line should have told me, Sean. I blame you. I apologize. I bet it too. <laughs> oh man, I am cold as ice. Uh, thank God I had that Kansas future because that Saturday night was awful uh, with my underplays. That just wow. was a disaster. Um, thank God for Kansas. Thank you, Kansas. Help me out here. Help me out. Got me new tires. 
Those are the fun things you buy. What, uh, <laughs> what's it, Harris running out of bounds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the, you got the middle. Yeah, that's what I wanted to think. Never in doubt. Bill Self. You know, it's funny, those, uh, those up, you know, built up uh, floors, it, it felt like guys just didn't have a perfect, you know, full feel of, of the floor. Because, like, Brady Manick, I think, in the Final Four against Duke, he stepped out of bounds. Yeah, yeah it was just, you know. I when, think maybe those out-of-bounds out lines, like, looks a little weird. You just don't. You, on a normal floor, you, 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 as soon as you step foot on it, you know kind of your, your parameters. And, you know, I don't know. I've never played on a, an elevated floor like that, so I can't really speak to it all that much. But just that was the sense. Don't say that, that about Tim. You heard that? What? The person said, well, you don't play on any kind of floor, so. No, you just said that. <laughs> oh, I was telling the person to stop talking about my co-host. What do you mean? What do you mean? Call me all types I'm of things. I'm mad. All I do is sit here. That we backed up Knights team that's won five games in a row, and they're getting lambasted by the Canucks, who've lost four of their last five, and the, and the Knights are at home. All right. Would you rather back the Knights right now? Absolutely not. Or I've seen nothing in this game. Or would you take Phoenix minus two and a half in the second half against the Clippers? They trail sixty to thirty-one at halftime. Is everybody playing for Phoenix? No, uh, no Chris Paul, no Devin Booker, nah, nah, and I don't even. Well, think... then that's not Phoenix. That's just the Suns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right now, who do we have? No, no Aiton. Um, no, no Paul. And for them to be getting beat, no like Booker. There had to be something going on. Oh yeah, uh, this line. <laughs> Phoenix, Phoenix scored nine points in the second half. That's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, second quarter. I beg your pardon. Second quarter. Uh, come on. Phoenix, minus two and a half second half. They just have to lose by 26. If you can name their starting five with all those guys out, then maybe. Johnson, You're Bridges, reading. McGee, Payne, and Shamit. Norman Powell is back, by the way, for the Clippers and has uh, 17 points on six of six shooting. He's uh, been... Rather efficient coming off the bench there for... Uh, Is Paul George playing see, tonight? Yeah. Everyone's playing for the Clippers. No, no I'm a pass. Paul George has 14. Clippers going to be a fun team. I'm curious to see the Clippers. I know they won't have Kawhi, but I'm curious to see the Clippers in the playoffs. They are going to play the Timberwolves hmm. on the road uh, in the 7-8 game. So if they lose, they'll get the winner of the Pelicans and the Spurs. By the way, you see the, uh, the Pelicans have been waiting to tweet that out for like four years. Yes, they have. The, that's all, folks. I love pettiness. It's the best. So your other uh, play-in matchup, Pelicans and Spurs. I tell you what, though, if the Clippers, Clippers Grizzlies first round matchup would be, be fascinating. Would be interesting. That would be interesting because I mean the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are the best covering team in in the league. What if you had any idea where in the world is uh, Kawhi? He ain't playing, but no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. I did see him at a boxing match. Did you? Yeah, he was at the Javante Issa Cruz fight. Did you have some action on that one? Well, I just like Javante Davis. I think he's really good. So oh, okay. I watch all of his fights. And Kawhi was, I think it was at the forum, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah, but I, I think, and I'm sure this would be music to JVT's ears. I think if the Clippers, I think they could beat the T-Wolves. And, I mean, it's a one-game situation, so anything can happen. Clippers Grizzlies with the way the Clippers are playing now, that would be a really fun series. Yeah. That would be a really fun series. I think the Grizzlies are going to be exciting against anybody. I agree. I really do. 
I'd rather see them play the Clippers. I think it would just be a, a war. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would have a chance to go seven. So uh, I'd be curious to see what that series price would be uh, if we ultimately get that. Um, you know, by the way, you're looking, you know, the Bucks and uh, the Celtics won tonight over the uh, the. They were smoking the frauds. Uh, I the, think the NBA, all the favorites have covered. By the way, if you're the Bucks right now, you're trying to figure out how can we rig this to play the Bulls in the first round. The Bulls can't beat good teams. Yeah. They are, and and the Bucks own them. So the, favorite six and zero oh right now, and the last game the Clippers are favored by seven and a half. I think they're up thirty. The Utah won by thirty six. Yeah. They were laying fifteen and a half. Boston covered against the Bulls. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta covered against Washington. Brooklyn down. What were they? Twenty down. Came, came back, back, beat the Knicks on covered. the road. Covered and uh, and Dallas covered and won against Detroit. So yeah, it has been a chock full day. Five and zero ATS for the favorites and the other favorite, the Clippers, lead by thirty three right now. So I don't want to mush anybody. Mm-hmm. You're in decent shape. I'll just say that with the Clippers uh, laying seven, who are now up 35. <laughs> <laughs> so it is uh, opening day tomorrow. And uh, Aaron came across this graphic, which is just wild. So the AL East, and I saw today uh, ESPN.com put up their predictions. And their writers, I think it was, uh, I think they did like 45 of their writers. They voted the Blue Jays to win the division, but then they had all three other teams winning the wild card. And take a look at this graphic per fan graphs. This is incredible for those of you watching. This is their projection of the season in the AL East. If you can't, if you're listening with us, I'll read it off for you. It's Orioles in last place at 64-98. Okay, nothing surprising there. Blue Jays, Rays, Yankees, Red Sox, all 81 and 74, or 88 and 74, (laughs) identical records, and it would be, per fan graphs, a four-way tie for the AL East. Imagine if that unfolded. Absolutely wild. There There is a lot a lot of love. So what are the out there what the are the win totals for the four teams at the top of the AL East? Uh hold on. I'll get them for you. Uh regular season wins. All right, let's go Toronto. And they are Come on, man. I do the old uh search search. All right, Blue Jays 92 and a half. Is the win total? Yep. Okay. Uh Yankees are they are 91 and a half. We have the uh, we have the list. So I don't have to do this by myself. 89 and a half for the Rays so the, and 80. The only one that would surpass their win total is the Red Sox. If if this if they all go 88 no, the Orioles would too. They would be 64 and uh, 98. Oh, they would wow. get over. So you know we had uh, John Yastrzemski on uh, on Friday night, and he liked <laughs> the Rays to win the division. So. The division odds right now, everyone's in plus money. Blue Jays are plus 165. This is all at DraftKings, so, you know, as always, disclaimer, shop around. Yankees 2-1, to one, Rays plus 330, uh-huh. and Red Sox plus 550. I would just blindly bet the Rays. <laughs> I mean, it's just the well, Rays. Normally a good bet. Yeah, it's just yeah. the Rays, man. I mean, Rays do Rays things, which is. There's a, but there's a lot of, like, 
I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of this love out there for the folks up north. And remember... Yeah, a lot of people like the Blue Jays. I mean, that lineup is elite. Well, just remember... I don't know about that staff. Especially about this division. If you are unvaccinated going into Toronto, you do not play. So... Wow. Got to keep that in mind when it comes to uh, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Rays. Could be, a, could be an interesting little wrinkle when it comes to this season. All right, opening day tomorrow. We'll take a look at some of the matchups in the Lions for opening day. It's the nightcap. This is the nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. Opening day is tomorrow, and guess what's also tomorrow? First round of the Masters. This is going to be a jam-packed week, jam-packed month, folks. We got it all for you. Make sure it's not too late. After our show's over, because you don't want to end up. Take a listen to Long Shots, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, Mad Humans. Great show. Listen to it earlier today. They will have their best bets. Also, check out our Masters Guide. Sign up today. You'll get free access to VEASAN through the start of the baseball season, Masters, and the NFL Draft. Running through May 1st, folks, 19 bucks. VEASAN.com slash spring. I mean, the Knights, we got them just where we want them, Sean. Down 4-1 going into the third period. Great spot. Major setback for even greater comeback, I guess. We'll, we'll double down. We'll Keep double the down. optimism in the air. Um, Adidas boy just tweeted us. I don't know if he's listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I saw that, yeah. No bets on Tiger making the cut. Oh, we got a bet. John's on Tiger Will. He didn't tweet me. I think he just tweeted. He tweeted my tweet on uh, yeah. Brooks Kepka. So, uh, yes, I am going against Tiger. Is you a hater? It's realist. 
80, people were 85 percent i know bets to make the cut at people were kind of split yesterday on if you're a fan of a team can you like take the preseason under, i tweeted that out today on their win total it's about 50 50 i i'm a realist man look i love my the baseball team that i cheer for i'm going to milwaukee later this uh, spring to go catch a couple games uh of the washington nationals it's a rebuild year. I had a future on them when they won the World Series. Went to a World Series game. Uh, we were just talking about Max Scherzer uh, returning to Nationals Park this week. You know, sometimes, Sean, so here's the thing. So, Sean, when you win a World Series, sometimes you have to rebuild a little bit. Yeah. You know? We've gotten there. We haven't won. We've gotten it two. Hmm. We haven't won one yet. So, so Yeah, so. Yeah, By we, I mean the Rays. We lost you, to the Phillies you, and the Dodgers. Why don't you sit out this conversation, then? We've gotten to the, the games. Yeah. Did you win them? No. I'm still looking for that uh, but home plate umpire when they gave Jamie Moyer that 80-foot strike zone when we lost to the Phillies. So, let's see. Uh, I tweeted it out today. I said, I bet under 71 wins for the Nationals. And uh, you can actually get 71 and a half. You get that hook at DraftKings. Hmm. Uh, I said it's a rebuilding year, one of the toughest divisions in baseball. Rotation is a mess, which is true. Uh, lineup, I think, is actually pretty good. Um, you know, Juan Soto could win MVP, um, you know, especially if he plays the way he did down the stretch. Nelson Cruz is a nice addition, but I think Nelson Cruz will be traded. So uh, I'm going under. You called me a hater. Not bet against your I hope team. I you lose. Hey, if I lose. Just because it's your squad. If I lose, that means hey, my team. basically is... rooting for your squad to. No. Not overachieve. I'm a realist. Look, I cheered for this team in 2008 when they were the worst team in baseball. Do you believe in synergy? Do you believe in karma? Like, I, look, you should want more. You grew up a national fan. Well, I didn't grow up. I when they became a team when I was in senior in high school. Well, it's growing I, up. I mean, you're 62 now, so I mean, it's a long <laughs> time. So you should be emotionally invested with this ball club and want them to be successful. So that's why you never take the under got a rebuild. on the win total because you want them to overachieve. How did this franchise get to where it did? It was the it worst team. It paid for it. It was the worst team in baseball. You guys bought a World Series. It's that's the, what you did. It was the worst team in baseball. You didn't organically years. grow them through your farm system. Anthony, you guys bought Anthony, a World a World Series. Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto, Brian you guys Zimmerman, bought Steven Strasburg. You guys bought a World Series. Hey, just because your team spends about $26 million – and the Nationals. See, we develop. We grow. I gave you. I we gave improve and enhance. The best player on the team. The best player arguably in baseball. Found by the Four infielders, three outfielders, a catcher, and a pitcher. This is nine guys, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you name, you guys bought the rest of them. You, got, you spent a lot of money in free agency. You to just, feel what you thought deficiencies you just, look were. At the jealousy. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know what that parade's like. You know, it's just it's not in baseball. Yeah, but we have a whole bunch of them in other things in Tampa. Yeah, we had one. We had a hockey one. We had a baseball oh, one. We are the well. We're not defending NFL champs, but we won the year before last, and we are the two-time, well, three-time Stanley Cup World Champions, Golly. and we're going for back to back to back this year. So we we we're so advanced in the parade situation. We had a boat parade this past year because we just got bored with doing the street thing. Mm. So we had all the yachts line up, and, and that's how the Bucks did their parade. Did you know that? The infamous Brady threw the trophy from yeah. one boat to the other to Gronkowski. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so, we we're kind of like Parade City USA, except for your baseball team. Well, true. They're I close. Enjoy, I enjoy it. Yeah, close. They're close. Yeah, yeah. You get parades for being close? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's more likely there'll be a parade in Tampa in the next twelve months, than and there hopefully is. one will be in Washington. The Nats will be. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm not. That's why I'm betting the team under wind. You almost can call Tampa title town now. Yeah. Maybe you'll have baseball trade. I like the Rays. Bet them to win the division. Yeah, we don't want you on our wagon. I don't want to be Stay on your wagon. I have a team. Stay away. Row, row your boat somewhere else. I, I, we, we celebrated right there in the, on the national. You were hoping we moved to Montreal Mall. full time. That'd be cool. No, Montreal's a great city. Uh, not, not Can you build race. your baseball team a stadium? Stadium stinks. Yeah, if they want to help pay for it. Well, that's true. Pay, pay for more players, too. Look what happens. You have a great GM. He goes to L.A. He's allowed to spend money. Boom, bang, bing. Championship. You allow a great mind like Andrew Friedman just a little bit of room to spend some money, and boom, he gets you a championship. Such a hater. I'm not, I'm not a hater. I enjoy winning teams. I enjoy winning championships. That's, that's why I enjoyed winning in 2019 with the Nets. All right, we have opening day tomorrow. Um, just run through some of the lines uh, that we have for opening day. Ooh, look at that. Baseball. Ooh. Brewers and Cubs. Corbin Burns, your reigning NL Cy Young winner against Kyle Hendricks. Brewers are a pretty big favorite to win that division. I think minus 175 to win the NL Central. Didn't win the last year. Cardinals did. I would say the Brewers, I don't know if I want to lay that chalk, but... <laughs> Look at that, baby. All the money the Mets spent in the offseason. Tyler McGill. And they are minus 135 against the playing Nets. against a team that you think is going to go under a win total in the 60s. That is correct. <laughs> the life of a Mets fan. I mean, think about this. Oh, man. The New York Mets. And, and I hope <laughs> the New York Mets. Just think about that. I mean, the Mets spent half a billion dollars almost this offseason. And they're only minus 135 on opening day against the Nationals. Max Scherzer makes more money than, like, six teams. <laughs> and he's hurt. Oh. Jacob deGrom is hurt. So Tyler McGill will start opening day for the New York Mets. He made. Why don't you just do a bullpen game? Like, I mean, <laughs> Tyler McGill started 18 games last year for the Mets. Had a four-five-two ERA. Now the M and Met stands for misery. Like it got to be miserable to be a fan of that team. Uh, it's painful. Jeez, it certainly is painful. Remember how with the Peacock and they did when they got to the World Series and it was a well, we didn't shut down Matt Harvey and the Nats shut down Strasburg. Well, By the way, in, in the, the, the who are the Guardians? Cleveland. Oh my goodness. The, in, the oh Indians my. are now the Guardians. Yeah. Oh my God. Welcome. We got the Commanders and the Guardians now in professional sports. Is that a baseball with wings? Like, what is, what is that? It certainly looks that way. Uh, Shane Bieber on the hill for the Guardians and uh, Zach Granke there in Kansas City. Uh, that game minus 125. Adam Wainwright, what is he, a billion years old? He gets the opening day start for the Cardinals. Is he the one that can hit? Yeah, he can hit. Yeah, he's like the best hitting pitcher, yeah, right? Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's But the National League is DH now, right? No more no yes. more hitting pitchers. Okay, nice. No more hitting pitchers. Uh, Max Freed takes the hill tomorrow in Atlanta. Yeah, I like the Reds in that one. Plus 175 for the Reds. Uh, are the Angels healthy? Uh, do we have Trout and the whole crew? Uh, I believe. Is Rendon healthy? 
I think Rendon should be healthy. One at minus 135 for the Angels against the Astros. Shohei Otani on the hill. Mad bum. Mad bum. But he can hit, right? Uh, you can hit your pitcher if yes, you want to, Otani, right? Otani will be hitting. Mad bum is probably your best outside of Shohei Otani. Nice. Yeah, so Otani, uh, he can stay in the, in the game hitting even when he's pulled uh, after his start, which is a huge win for the Angels. Uh, Padres on the road, a road favorite. Uh, that game will start at 640. I think we're going to get here early. Uh, maybe check out the Padres. You'll be uh, on the road, but uh, Padres and Diamondbacks tomorrow night. You Darvish. Taking on Madison. He didn't end last year as the Padres' the ace, right? Uh, yeah, I think he kind of fell off a little bit last year. All right, so there you go. Opening day tomorrow. Coming up top of the hour. Sean is going to break down the offensive lineman. Who does he have? Evan Neal or Ikki Aquana? Who's the top dog on the O-line nightcap? Whether... Whether... If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.